Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Hey guys, Todd Helms here with another episode of the Wingman Podcast. I'm your host, and I'm here to bring you a topic today that's near and dear to my heart, and I think it is to a lot of a lot of bird hunters, whether you're talking upland birds, whether you're talking waterfowl hunters, we all have one thing in common, and it's our dogs. Our dogs are a huge part of not only what we enjoy the most about being in being in the fields, in the marshes, on the rivers, in the lakes, and in the woods, the dogs the dogs make it. They really do. I don't know a single dog owner out there who would say that their hunts are complete when their dog's not there. I know for me, if I can't take my dog, the hunt's not quite the same. Um, there, and there's some hunts that your dog shouldn't go on for safety reasons. There's no doubt about that. But you got to use your head as a dog owner and a hunter and know that, you know what, this isn't one for the dog. I'll, a lot of times I will, I will go on field goose hunts where most of the pickup can be done just fine without a dog. And it's one more thing to hide in the field and my dog will still be there, but he might be in the truck waiting to mop up some cripples or whatever. And that's not always the case. Most of the time he's right there with me, but there are times, there are times when you, you got to know when to use a dog and when not to use the dog. But for the most part, dogs make dogs make wing shooting all that much more enjoyable. And they're part of it that is 24-7, 365. You know, seasons come and go. Seasons open. Seasons close. Uh, flights, migrations happen or they don't. And flights of, flights of birds show up or they don't show up. And... Weather is can cooperate, doesn't cooperate, but at the end of the day, your dog is the constant. Your dog is always there until that day when they're not. And I'd like to share with you a story today about the first the first lab that I trained myself back in back in my Michigan days when I was. Uh, Fresh out of college, was in my early 20s, didn't know what I was doing with a dog, just knew that I wanted one, and I picked up a backyard black lab. She was just a little squirt when I got her, and I'm going to tell you today about the story of Josie, a lab's tale. I buried Josie today, and with her, a large part of myself. It had only been three short years since the day in August that she picked me to be her best friend. From the start, she was a special lab. You see, I'd gone to the kennel that day looking for a robust male. You know the kind, a dog that once fully grown could make quarter-mile-long retrieves breaking ice that would make the U.S. Coast Guard icebreaker Mackinac flinch. A dog to rival any imaginary animal London or Kilgard could dream up. Well, what I got instead was Josie. After quite some time deliberating over my prospects, this little bundle of black joy and enthusiasm persistently tugged at my shoelaces and looked into my eyes as if to say, Pick me! 
Isn't it obvious? I'm made for you. Her puppy smile and bright demeanor completely shattered my visions of Magnum or Thor, the super lab. I took her home, happy with my petite sweetheart, brains and heart over strength and romance. It did not take me long to realize how right my decision had been. Josie was smarter than any dog I'd ever seen. Her instincts, coupled with an undying devotion and will to please, made her a breeze to train, and we progressed quickly as we grew and learned together. Her mastery of my obedience commands was astounding and fun to watch. However, what truly made my heart soar with pride and excited anticipation of things to come was how enthusiastically and determinedly she retrieved. Nothing was too heavy or big. She found a way, often dragging the object backward to my feet. It was watching her fetch in the backyard that began that I began to understand how special Josie truly was. But the best was yet to come. September 15th has been the opening day of Michigan's small game season for as long as I can remember. And at this time, very few of these openers had come and gone without seeing me in the woods chasing rough grouse. This year was no different, except I had a 10-week-old lab puppy in tow. I held no illusions that day. Josie was just along for a walk. I did not expect her to do anything more than bobble along behind me, but true to form, she had something else in store for me. Not far into the first cover, a grouse flushed, and I made a tidy little crossing shot. Not far into the first cover, a grouse flushed, and I made a tidy crossing shot, and the bird fell to earth in plain sight. As I walked over to recover the bird, I thought, why not? And sent Josie toward it with an enthusiastic, fetch him up. The bird was a scant few yards distant, and she could see it plainly. Joyously, she bounced over to the bird, mouthed it a bit, and then picked it up and delivered it like she'd, done, like she'd been doing it her whole life. I was elated, and when she delivered the bird, jostled and celebrated with her, then tucked the pat into my vest and continued on with my dad flanking me. We did not walk far when another bird flushed, this time in front of my father. He knocked it down and marked where it fell, but couldn't turn it up right away, so Josie and I went over to aid the search. We tramped about for several minutes, looking when my father said, Todd, look at your puppy. I followed his gaze, and there, with her tiny black nose into the breeze, was Josie, little tail whipping frantically and her feet carrying her toward a small spruce. Without hesitation, she dove under its boughs and emerged almost as quickly with a stone-dead rough grouse virtually as big as she was. With her head held as high as she could manage, she pranced to my side and delivered the bird. Dad and I looked at each other in astonishment as grins spread across our faces. We had just witnessed the retrieve that would usher in three years of amazing feats and proud moments. That was Josie, 63 pounds of heart and drive that delivered larger-than-life moments time after time over the next three hunting seasons. I could write volumes about Josie's hunting and retrieving ability. Both were outstanding and deserving of remembrance. However, Josie was more than just a hunting dog. True, she lived for fall and would stand in my front yard on the end of the dock with her eyes half-closed, reading the wind, telling her of flights to come and hunting to be done. Yet for as finely tuned a hunting dog as she was, she had the crossover ability that labs are famed and treasured for. Josie was a people dog. 
Her smiling eyes and laughing tongue, coupled with the spark of her enthusiasm and affection, endeared her to all who had the pleasure of meeting her. Josie's limitless devotion to me was perhaps never better displayed than when I would come home at the end of a work day. She would sit on the porch and wait for me to shut off my pickup and open the door. Then she would race down the driveway and slam into me, whining, barking, spinning circles, all composure and self-respect vanishing in an attempt to convey her affection. I never doubted her devotion to me. She never allowed that. So you see, when the final shovelful of dirt was, tr was tamped into place and her marker was staked at the head of her grave, it was more than a dog laying under that fresh earth. It was a large chunk of my broken heart. My father's wisdom still echoes in my ear. First they steal your heart, and then they break it. That's okay. I'd change nothing. I can't turn back the clock any more than I could have stopped the truck that crushed my Josie. Therefore, I'll keep her memory bright and shining, never forgetting how she always gave me all she had. I only had three short years with her, but the lessons learned and the memories made will not fade, and every October when the north wind carries flights of wildfowl, a particular day will come to mind when an improbable puppy made her first impeccable retrieve, and as the smile spreads across my face, a tear will slip down my cheek. Well, that's the story of Josie. Josie was my first lab, one that I trained completely on my own, no help. Just picked up an old book by uh, Richard Walters and had at it. I had lots of time and lots of learning to do but we kept at it and she and I learned an awful lot together and she was phenomenal she was way more talented than I than I was and just was a phenomenal phenomenal dog you know everybody you hear the saying all the time everybody's allowed one good dog in their lifetime well I guess I'm super blessed because I had Josie and I had a great lab before that growing up and now I have Mackinac, whom, if you guys have watched the, for those of you who have watched the Wingman videos on YouTube, you've seen him. You've seen pictures of him on social media. And this last fall, you, well, we filmed it, and it's on Facebook and YouTube, and there's a video of him doing the cliff climb. It's called The Goodest Boy. And it's a retrieve that, if you'd have told me, about it I would probably not have believed it until I saw it I mean dogs labs especially do incredible things Josie made some amazing retrieves in the three years I had her and Mackinac has done the same but this retrieve in particular there was a bunch of us out last year hunting geese late in the season it was a really warm day and we had being dads we decided that the weather's going to be nice let's take our kids so we had three little girls in the blind and we had a first year hunter named Hunter as well, young man. And we killed a bunch of geese that morning. It had been really, really good, but we had one flock swing wide, and we knocked down a bird that sailed, and it landed across the river up on top of this big cliff. And I knew I could get my, I knew I could get Mackinac to cast. It was a blind retrieve. He had no idea that, where the bird was. And I knew I could line him out. He takes a line really well and takes hand signals well. So I knew I could get him across the river, but I wasn't sure if I could get him up the cliff. And if you watch the video, you see it's a literally a vertical cliff. Most people would not be able to climb it, even on 
you know, bear crawling up this thing. And sure enough, I sent him. He took a straight line. He got to the cliff. He worked back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I think about that time, some of that bird scent was starting to waft over the edge of the cliff. And he could smell that goose. And he kept working his way higher and higher and higher. And he got to the very last, almost the top. And there was this straight up and down shelf. And he jumped and caught himself with his front feet and pulled himself like like you or I would do a pull-up at the gym. He pulled himself up and onto the top. And very quickly, I sent him. He was a little bit right of the bird. And I sent him left with a hand signal. He went left. And then it's his nose doing the work after that. And he nailed it. Found the bird. And then the video shows him very plainly coming back down the hill. And you get a, you get a real sense for how steep it really is. And he swam the river and delivered that goose right to my hand. And that's just another example of why we love hunting dogs. Whether it's an English setter who knocks, who just hammers on point on a grouse or a rooster pheasant. Or it's a Drothar that does everything well and, and is just a joy to hunt with. Or it's a Lab who's super friendly and sweetheart all the time, but has that on switch, man. And they hit you hit that switch in the field and they are. It's game on. You take them home and they, all they want to do is lay, in a, lay on their bed and, and snuggle with the kids or play. Dogs, hunting dogs in general, I don't care what the breed is, they are special. And such a huge part of what we do as wing shooters like i said it doesn't matter what you what your what your game is whether it's upland whether it's waterfowl dogs are a part of that i know guys that even have turkey dogs especially fall dogs um i had a buddy growing up that his lab he had a big big male lab and his lab loved to fetch dead turkeys in the springtime and that was he always took him along hit him under a a piece of camouflage burlap and when they'd shoot the bird the dog would run out and retrieve it i'm not sure i'd let my dog do that but that that dog was a stud and he was a big big boy he was over 100 pounds and he was a tank and loved it that's why that's just we love dogs and dogs are they're so it's almost like the love of dogs is innate in hunters. If you're a hunter, it's like you got to love dogs, bird hunters anyway. And I don't know what it stems from. I don't know if it goes back to that fire when the wolf first came in and allowed himself to be domesticated. If you buy that or if you think that God created hunting dogs, whatever, whatever you hold to, there's no doubt that dogs – our hunting dogs are a big part of who we are and why we enjoy what we enjoy. I know if if you told me tomorrow that I wouldn't be able to take, that I wouldn't be able to have a hunting dog, but I could still hunt birds, I, man, I don't know. That'd be a tough one. That'd be a tough one. And I know uh, every in everyone's life, a point in time comes when you may not be ready for a dog. A point in time comes when you may not be able to have a dog. But I think that once you've had one, once you've had a good one, especially that drive, that need, that desire to have that to have that dog there with you is it's it just becomes part of who you are. 
And it's just nothing is quite the same without one. And I hope when I read that story of Josie that, that you could feel that, that you could see that how, much that, how much she meant to me. Again, I bought her, I was, I think I was 21, 22 years old. I was a young man, and I didn't know anything about training a dog. And I got a book, and I dove in, and she was patient with me, and, man, she was awesome. She was awesome. And I made mistakes. I make mistakes with every dog I train, I think. If someone tells you that they don't make a mistake with a dog, they're lying to your face. And uh, we all do. We all make mistakes. That's life. And we it's how you move on and how you handle those those mistakes that matter. And more as much with training a dog as it is with just life in general. But anyway, I'm starting to ramble a little bit, so I'm going to wrap this up. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit again about dogs. It won't be the last time you hear me talk about dogs. It won't be the last time you hear me talk about dog training. On this podcast, you're going to hear you're going to hear a lot of different perspectives on dogs. We have several dogs here um, that guys that hunt with wingmen all the time have. Some of them are great. Some of them are average. Some of them are still learning, but they're all out there. They're all doing it, and they're all special. And I'm excited to bring you the stories of some of those dogs. I'm excited to bring you some training tips. I'm excited to bring you just some lifestyle about living with dogs, living with hunting dogs. Anyway, till next time, guys, get them close, shoot them in the face.